0: Welcome, everybody. It's Peps again, here with your Carlton Football Club 2021 season preview. Will it finally be the year that Bolton's green shoots grow into thunderous oaks? Or will the Trig train once again maybe get derailed? I don't know. We'll find out more. But you know what? I've had some rippers over the first couple of previews, but I have not just gone local, I even went international. I have Terry from Blue Abroad, who has spent copious amounts of times outside the borders of Australia, but still loves and breathes the Carlton Football Club, and I have him here today. Welcome Terry to Lace Out. Wow, what an intro.
1: It was, speaking of lace out, that intro was lace out straight to me.
0: I I thought there was a bit of a stammer coming into the last part, but we got through it. We got through it. Hey, look, welcome aboard because you are a very, very passionate blues. I won't say supporter. I'll say member. But more importantly, you spent time overseas and still Hmm. had the time to invest into the club that you love. Just give the listeners a little bit of history about you because this is – This is an amazing story.
1: Yeah. So long story short, I uh, was living, I left the country in 2017 and I just wanted to travel and and see the world a little bit and and work. Um, And I wanted to stay in touch with the club. I love Carlton so much. It was my first memory of, you know, joy and happiness and elation and all that excitement. And uh, yeah, just I have always felt a deeper love for the football club than what I can remember anything else, to be honest. And yeah, so living overseas, wanted to stay connected, um, was listening to podcasts, was following other fan channels from other sports around the world and sort of had the idea to start my own podcast and, and build a community there and stay in touch with other supporters. And that's really where it began. It began in, in China, then Israel, and um, then in 2019 came home because I decided let's. you, you can't have a proper podcast or YouTube channel Without being in Melbourne for the
0: football, right? It makes it a well. It's like Channel Ten trying to do a football show and not have any football footage. It makes it a bit mm. of a challenge, and then it ends up just having to pack it in. But I tell you what, I've had a bit of a look at some of your stuff, and you're actually not good. You are sensational. You've just in, you've embraced the club. You embrace everything about Carlton. You you are you are the unofficial Carlton Carlton. <laughs> I'm one of many.
1: One of many. There's many passionate bluebaggers around the world, and yeah, I I appreciate the sentiment.
0: It's, um, yeah, it's been a good journey. Now, it's, you look, let's be frank. You've had some lean times over the last number of years. And when you said, you, you know, that, all that stuff about joy and happiness, et cetera, I thought I might have been talking about another club because you, you haven't had it for quite a while. I know where you're coming from. So it's finally nice to suddenly see you know, all that potential that Bolts had starting to come into play. Last year wasn't too bad. It was a bit of a derailed season. We know that. There's just a lot of excitement talking on about Carlton. You know, football's better when Carlton is going well. When Carlton is in the news, AFL's in the news.
1: Hundred percent. It's we are one of the one of the few clubs that have that effect on the competition. I think because you can love love us, hate us, or love to hate us. Um, I think at the moment we get a little bit of pity from the rest of the league, which we need to stop and turn that around. But yeah, I, I think Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Richmond, these types,
0: if they're all playing finals, I think the competition's Totally different. Well, a a mate of mine, uh, Brad Lloyd, is looking after everything down at your club, so you're definitely in very, very good hands. But look, let's just do a bit of a snapshot of 2020. Mm. We know it was the COVID season, but you've finished at a respectable 11th position, seven wins, 10 losses, sitting at a nice 94.34%. Jacob Wiedering takes out the best and fairest, which was, I think, you know, he hasn't been maligned, but... It's almost like, well, when's Wiedering gonna take the next step? When's he gonna when's he gonna uh live up to the reputation, etc.? And and it's unfortunately, you know, a lot of number one draft picks and and that top echelon cop it year after year. And it was really nice to see him break out of that shell and really take the league on. And you know, you've got to keep it down there. He is. And even just watching the game the other night, he was an absolute ripper for your mob. You're very, very lucky because you can you can build not just a back line, but you can before, you can actually build an attack through him as well too. So it's good to see. How did you see 2020 for, for your for your mob?
1: 2020 it it was it left me with a bitter taste in my mouth. I think that's the best way to summarize it as efficiently as I can. Uh, started slowly, um, then we had a nice little patch in that middle part of the season. Once we came to the frenzy and the four games in 13 days, whatever it was, mismanagement, tired bodies, whatever the case may be, uh, that really hurt us finishing the season. And in a year where we were expecting to improve, um, I would say we had some improvement, but maybe not to the level that we were hoping. So, yeah, it was frustrating because we we're, we're we as a football club, we're now entering that sixth year since we were given the five-year plan from the footy club. So, you know, we, we have expectations, and, and like you said before, you know, I don't have many great memories as a Carlton supporter, so we need to turn that around. So, yeah, left me with a sour taste in my mouth, but, you know, within that, there were a few shining lights.
0: I, wouldn't even, I would actually say it's a bit better than that. If you have a look, I'm a, I'm a massive advocate, I've learned this from Paul Ruse. It, it, mm. uh, the signs of how a team is going, sometimes the, the, the wins and losses don't make an accurate prediction. He says if you have a look at the percentage, that gives you a bit of an overall indication of how the team is tracking. So 2019, your percentage was 84.46. Last year in 2020, jacks it up to 94.34. So you've jumped up 10%. So you're not just attacking more on the scoreboard, but you're actually being able to stifle what's coming back the other way, which is is growth. And if you can get to that 100, you know, um, level itself out, you're in a really good spot. And I think, look... I don't know if you heard much of what happened over the preseason uh, and also the off-season, but Carlton did. were a little bit active at the trade table. Uh, they picked up a couple of guys. Don't know if you heard of them. They, they they came in under the radar. A guy by the name of Adam Saad. Don't know if you know much about him. And another bloke, apparently from New South Wales, played at a club called GWS, I think, Zach Williams. Two very low-key players entered the club through trade week. I think... In my, my deep down, I think they might have a bit of um, a bit of bit to give to the Blues this year. I think that they might add a little bit of speed. Um, I'm not too sure if you've heard about them. But, uh, they've kept it quite quiet, but I reckon they're going to surprise a lot of people this year.
1: I have no idea who you're talking about. I mean, the club haven't really given us any images, any videos, no content relating to
0: them. It's fascinating. Oh no, they've just they've just kept it such on the down low. I think they're just going to you know break it out. Let's be honest. You must have been pumping, you must have been double doing double cobras, just fist pumping the air, going, how did we get like one thing that we needed was speed and ball users coming off half back and someone else to help out Crips. You get Adam Sard, who's probably one of the best bouncers in the league. Takes three steps bounce, two more steps bounce. And then Zach Williams, who once again can come off halfback, but is you know, they're plugging him into the midfield. You chuck in Lockie Fogarty as well, too. It's just It just helps, just takes a bit more pressure off the Walshers, the Dows, et cetera, to, to be the in-and-unders, and they can be a bit more of that outside. It, well, it's exciting times for Carlton. And I have, some, I have another question relating to that, but relating to 2021. So have a bit of a think about this year. But okay. How much of a difference are these guys really going to make from your perspective?
1: Yeah, a, a world of a difference in two positions on the ground. The way, the way I see Saad, he's basically Cade Simpson minus 10 years and adding probably 10 or 12 or 13 kilometers an hour to his um, to his speed. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, you know, and uh, a guy that can get it 20, 25 times and use it well and run and carry. And then you've got Zach Williams, who I think people look at him as the flashy, quick type. but I think the underrated part of his game is his physical. And to be honest, Carlton are not really a physical midfield. We, we have Cripps, who is a big boy, but... I don't think we have such a reputation outside of the AFL, outside of our own fans as being physical. And I think Williams brings that, but because he's got the class as well um, to match the physicality, I think he's exactly what we need. And, you know, when you talk about Walsh and him taking that next step, um,
0: then you got Cripps, Walsh, and Williams competing in that midfield. I think we're in good shape. Well, let's call a spade a spade. Did the Blues invest too much cash into Zach Williams? Like there's numbers. I don't know, official. I'm going off Dr. Twitter. All right. Dr. Google as well. Now, you're pushing up to 900 Gs a year for a guy that's predominantly played halfback and you want to tweak him into a midfielder. That's that's elite money. Has the Blues invested too much into him or do they see something that, like you said, the outsiders don't see?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's something that the outsiders don't see. I mean, we love splashing cash. We spend <laughs> $700,000 a year on Mitch McGovern. So, um, you know. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, but these. Yeah, but you, most people. Most of the time, when there's cash and carton, it's usually brown paper bags. But we haven't seen them for many, many years because you know the last time you did that, it put your club back ten years, 20. 20 25. <laughs> hey, at least, at least you've been able to live to see a premiership. I haven't. All right, so you've still got that one on me as well. But look, it's a lot of money to invest, but you can. I think you can see that they're going to provide that run. They're going to provide that support because Crips is an absolute gun. Like. And I just, the, the thing that I think when I see Cripps play is he's going to be one of these players that has just thrown his body in for so long, so um, into his young career that he might finish up two or three years early because of the toll that's taken on him, which is a shame. So he needs as much help as he can get. There's probably another, you probably could use a couple more extras or the boys just to get a little bit bigger as well too. So do you see this as start of maybe a couple more moving in next year as well?
1: I mean, to be honest, I think they're there. Honestly, Walsh is there. Yeah, I think so. I think Walsh is there. I think Williams is there. I think because Cripps stands out the way he does for so long, especially in that 2016, 17, 18 years, and even 19. um, I mean, I get it. He's a hard footballer and he's crash and bash. I think we attach a lot of emotion to him, but that's his job. That's what he's – like, that's his job. Um, I think now he's got the help. I really do. I think there's two or three guys in that midfield that can – I actually think Walsh is a better player already. If I'm honest, uh, I really do. I really do mean that. Well, geez, um, and I, well, better than yeah. not better than Crips? Absolutely. I think Walsh is, is well and truly going to be. By the end of 2021, we'll be talking about Walsh as the man. I really oh, do.
0: Oh, tell, yeah. tell you what, listeners, I I told you I got the best. I got the mm, best. That's mm, a big, big call. call. That is a yeah, massive call.
1: You. Yeah, I think Walsh is our boy. Walsh is the guy. But like I said, we've got help. We've got a good defensive structure. I think maybe one more midfielder needs to rise from that Paddy Dow, Liam Stocker, O'Brien, Setterfield type group. Um, but yeah, I mean, Crips is six foot four and he's a big boy. He's gonna he's a
0: take a lot boy. of hits. Yeah. Well, you know, we have a little bit of a look at your list profile. It's actually really good because you've only got seven players over the age of twenty eight, which is Really low compared to some of the other clubs. That's – I think Geelong have doubled that. And if you have a look Mm. what's happened to them after the first round, this is being done on a Sunday night after the first round, and they got smashed by an Adelaide team. I predicted during the week when we did our tipped-out segment, me and J-Dog, I said it would have been a hange. I said Mm. it would have been a hange to Geelong. They got smashed. They're slow. And the speed of Adelaide on that big deck, they had nine players under. Online players over 30, you've only got seven on your list, which is – that's a nice place to be. And then if you have a look from a games perspective, I think you've got only four players over 150 games. Your list is young. So if you can start to get that growth like we saw last year and continue with that for the next two, you're going to be in a really sexy spot as the older ones start to trickle off. You have plenty of salary cap space. Oh, jeez, you're in a good spot. I never thought I'd say that from, about Carlton, probably maybe even as less as, what, three years ago? Yeah, it's been a long process. It has. And a
1: lot has been done behind the scenes. It doesn't get seen, and even by our own fans. But uh, I think the plan that we put in place probably started planning from 2014, 2015. It's,
0: uh, it's starting to come together, but, I mean, it's now time to see it, really. Yeah, and the other good thing is also you've got uh, 11 players under 10 games as well. So you've still got that, obviously, the new ones that have come on board, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. You've got those, but then you have a look at the ones who are sitting between, you know, 40 games and under. You've got Sam Walsh, David Cunningham. I reckon Michael Gibbons has been a great little pickup. Like, you, you paid basically nothing for him. He's still on your rookie list. I don't know how a guy who's played 37 games is still on your rookie list. Will Setterfield, Lachlan Fogarty, Mark Pittenett. Like, he's just taken that ruck roll on, and I think, better than we expected. And you've also got, as they call him on SEM, Batman. Heck, Liam Jones. Like no one wanted him. And then he's come along to Geelong. They like, oh, go, he's not a for, uh, come along to Carlton. He's not a, uh, a forward. I remember some, I heard of this on the radio. They're going to try him down back. And I think well, you've got to be kidding me. He's been <laughs> he's been sensational for you. He 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 reminds me a lot of Zach Dawson. How ridiculed he was by so many clubs. So he just does his job week in week out. It's, he's a fascinating story. He really he, is. He is a fascinating. And he's up to 143 games. Like he, he's probably sitting back going, going somewhere I never thought I'd be. And look mm. at me now. It, it is a fascinating story. Out of all the younger kids, we mentioned Walsh, who, who's the one that makes you go, Oh, yeah. When he's got the ball in his hands or he's in the vicinity, who is there one that just makes you go, mm. strap yourself in for this one? Yeah, Zach Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. What, what yeah, is it Zach about? Fisher. What is it about the fish man that Lights up
1: your eyes, Terry. He's got quick feet, very quick feet. He, um, he sort of plays the game like he's playing Call of Duty. He's got quick reaction times. He, uh, when you think he's about to get pinned, he finds a, a little uh, gap to slide into. Um, and he's got a saying on his Instagram bio that says, slow feet, don't eat. I think he plays like that. A yeah. bit
0: of, uh, bit of the, um, tap dogs about him, does he? Just knows how to, just to get in and out of the... Oh, I love a bit of fast feet. Now, I've got to ask you about one guy. Uh, I don't know how I seem, but I just seem he's got a lot bigger over the preseason, the hyphen. Every team's got a hyphen. Your hyphen, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton. He looks like it might be starting to click for him. I thought last year he was okay, but even on, on the Thursday night that we just saw, he seemed to just get, he was a little bit bigger. He's a little bit more, I wouldn't say confident, but he's got the ability to, to go one-on-one with people, knowing that he has got the size. He's just not going to get pushed out. So, is he another one that you can, you know, see not just hope but see that yeah, I think he, his time is, is is going to arrive, especially after eighty-one games. What's that Uh fifth fifth season now? Yeah, fifth season. It's, it's time, isn't it? It is time. Top
1: ten pick, fifth season. I think it was a pick six. Um, Samo's gone onto the half back line after sort of being drafted as a midfielder slash half forward. So he's adjusting to this new role. I think we're. Uh, I think we're taking a step back to go forward with him long term. So yep. there's a little bit of patience needed with him, um, but the potential and and that's the that's the hard word to say as a Carlton fan because we say it all the time. He's got it's a the lot most potential.
0: dangerous word when it comes it to is. AFL football potential. Absolutely, and hope. yep, they, they, and we have a lot of it. <laughs> we have a lot of it as well too. Hey, look, I've got to ask you about the the gun forward that you recruited over. Um, over uh, not over Christmas, but you, you, you brought onto your list, actually the last player that you brought onto your list, uh, Oscar McDonald. Did you see him having a career best night in front of goal the other night when he slaughtered those two big majors? Because apparently Melbourne are now going to be targeting him during the trade period. I'll be honest with you,
1: after his first pre-season game against Essendon, I, I take notes during the game while I watch him and I just said, we cannot have Oscar McDonald. And then within three weeks, he's played a game, come on, kicked two and a half. He's, you know, shut me up.
0: I didn't see it coming. I don't know if I can rely on it, but I definitely didn't see it coming. Look, I don't think you can rely on it, but just to know that there's a guy, he'll have a crack. And that's the thing about him. Yeah. He, he'll, yeah. he'll have a crack and you'll want those players that'll have a crack because you can teach the skill, but if the will's mm-hmm. not there and we've seen so many players over the years and goodness gracious, Carl have had a few of the, yeah, we've mm-hmm. got um, picked up the, the, the top end of the food chain, Lawrence Angwin for one, that just went completely off the rails and you just couldn't do it as well. So look, so if we have a look over a couple other things that happened over that, over the um, the season, moving from 21 to 22, you did lose one of my favorites. He, he is one of the, I have a, I have a soft spot for two things, long sleeve jumpers and plays in the number six, this guy now, okay. both of them. Okay. It will basically look like me. All right. Because that's what I used to run around dominating off halfback for years. But um, Cade Simpson, like seriously, every club would love to have a Cade Simpson playing for them. Like he's that one that once again, he's not under the radar, but he's not, he's not, he's not up there. He's not, he's not, he's not Judd. He's not, he's not Cripps. He's not Martin. You know what I mean? But you got to have people like this because they're the blood and guts, the heart and soul of the team. And to have him not there, that's, that's a massive hole from a leadership perspective that somebody else now has to pick up. Just give us some words, how much this guy meant to your club.
1: Yeah, he does. I mean, even if you bring it back to like local footy, there's always that guy that's played for many, many, many years at your footy club. He's even there into his fifties and sixties. Like he's just always at the club, and I think that's Simo. He's a Carlton man. I think every club needs one. Um, he represents loyalty in the sport, which makes it unique. He also represents a, com- a complete generation of supporters, pretty much. You know, me, my age, 29, um, that generation of supporters, Simo's been there through our entire childhood um, until now. And, you know, unfortunately, he played in a very poor time for the football club where everything was just a disaster. And it's not his fault that he was drafted to a bad situation. Um, And I think he just earned that respect with, I think because he wasn't the biggest player, but he got the most out of his body. I think he's earned that respect outside the the four walls of the Carlton Football Club. And, yeah, not only will he, you know, leave a hole in leadership on the field, but I think he also teaches the other players how to be a Carlton man, you know? So there's another another story to it. And, and like you mentioned, the sleeves. He is Mr. Sleeve.
0: You know, you know who he is? He is the 2000s version of Robbie Flower. Right. Wore the long sleeves, like not, not the biggest bloke out there, but my goodness, he was heart and soul and probably was – the club's best player for many years, but just never got to play in successful teams. Like I think, he, you know, Robbie only played one final, I think it was in his entire time. Like that's, you know, that's Cade Simpson to a degree. He was spot you know, on two or three years. Like the, the, even when the D's finished in 87, they played a grand final the, the next year. Like that's the sort of stuff that just makes your, your head explode. It's, you know, even from a Bob Skilton perspective, played all those games and never played a final. It's just. Sensational players, unfortunately, just get the bad draw. And but yeah, he, his legacy is going to live on. A quick, quick, I have a quick hands and I'll, I usually roll out my quick hands questions of the year, but now we're on the subject. Well, first quick hands for you is this Will Cade Simpson get Hall of Fame status at the AFL? Yes. Yeah. No, it's. I, I, I think I, so. I know. Is so?
1: I think so. I I do, I mean, I I can understand you want to prioritise those who win flags. I get that I get that perception, Um, but I still think he'll find his way in there eventually.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a strange one to ask, but I'm just, you know, when when you you add it all up, if someone like Lenny Hayes can get in there, I I, I think, you know, we've spoken about it before, there is that good guy factor, the nice guy factor that teams to get in, and I reckon he's a perfect, perfect addition to it. I I think if you play over 300 games – uh, it's it's almost like an, an automatic to a degree because you you can't yeah, be you can't be um you can't be playing that many games for a club or playing AFL if you've got something yeah. if you haven't got something special about you so yeah, yeah I think I think there's there, there's been others that have got in there that you go a bit, mm. there wouldn't be a mm, from anybody if, if he made it which is awesome all right yeah. So you go into the 2020 draft, you pick up uh, Corey Durden at 37, you pick up Jack Carroll at 41, and Luke Parks uh, on the rookie list. You didn't have, obviously, too many draft picks because you used them all up on everybody else, which is totally understandable. Um, any thoughts, uh, observations on, on those three so far?
1: Yeah, so Corey Durden is, uh, is a small forward who we actually sponsor at Blue Abroad. Um, So ripping young kid from Adelaide. Yeah, we love him. Good family, good kid. He's going to play football for us in 2021. I'm pretty confident in saying that because we've needed a specialist small forward for a while. Um, And that's kind of why you start seeing Cunningham and Fisher play forward when they're, you know, they've been groomed as midfielders from a a young age. But yeah, Corey Durden, small forward, very excited about him, very fast, um, high footy IQ. Jack Carroll will probably just develop uh, over the course of... He's a, he's a long-term prospect, yeah. a midfielder. He's a bottom-age kid. And Luke Parks, well, they love him. They love his interceptability. I'm not going to say he is Tom Stewart, but the way he plays, the way he throws himself at footies, it gives you that Tom Stewart um, you know, flash in your mind. He's a very courageous intercept defender. So, yeah, we're, we're, we like where we're at with those three boys. I think they fill holes that we needed, especially Durden, because we need a specialist small forward because... The reality is Eddie Betts, he's got to go at some point. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Well, you, I was going to mention Eddie because he he is on the list. And look, it was nice to see him come and finish car- his career at Carlton. You'd have to say it's his last year. He's on the rookie list, etc. He's played 331 games. Like if you said that to him, you know, when he first started, mate, you're going to play 331 games and be known as one of the best small forwards ever to play the game. You probably you probably go, oh, okay, and probably roll his eyes. But the good thing about what you've just said is is that. Because your list is so young, those three, if if not Durden, but Carol and Parks, they do have that luxury to a degree of working their way through the VFL, et cetera, and, and move they don't have to be rushed in. Other teams that you know, we mentioned one team like Geelong, they may have to think about if this goes down who with their age profile, do we have to rush these kids in a little bit earlier when when we don't when they're not ready? You guys are in such a good position that you've got so many young kids. Even the guys sitting at, you know, one or two seasons in are in a much better position that, to, to go for where those other ones can just slide in underneath and do their time, get their confidence, refine their skills so that you don't have to overhaul them and and waste. It's not a waste is probably a bad word, but um, throw them to the wolves in their first couple of couple of years because of the profile that you've got. So that's a, that's a nice way that you said it, that just let them develop. We, we don't let the kids develop. We think that because they're a high draft pick or they, they, they're it, you know. Durden, oh, well, he's going to be – he has to be in because he's our – it doesn't work like that. You just got to let – like it's like a wine. You can't just drink a red wine straight away. You've got to let it sit. You've got to let it marinate. You've got to let the flavors develop. And the longer you do it and the more patient you are, the better the taste is going to be. And if it's the taste of a premiership, my goodness, will be you'll be very, very thirsty uh, for more. All right, let's have a look at 2021. So from your perspective, what are you most optimistic about heading into this season?
1: Most optimistic, I think there's going to be a genuine layer of belief within the group that they're ready to take the next step. Um, I'm very optimistic about our team moving from the back line. I think the back line is a really, really strong line. I'm excited about it. I think the midfield is going to mature. I think the forward line needs some work as well. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the penny drop moment for a lot of these players. I really am. And I think I think they're, they're, they're well-prepared. It's pretty much exactly what you said. We've never really been in a position for you know the last six seven eight nine years where we can have young kids just develop before being thrown into games when they're not ready and I think everything else around the club is, is well set up off field and and therefore I think the on field is just the
0: next thing and, and and finals football is really that next step it is I do have one thing and you've just mentioned it there is your fo- is is your forwards will, will the forwards be able to kick enough of the school and if we look at it we've got We've got Casbolt. This is at the moment the forward setup. If I looked at it, so if I'm missing anyone, just jump in. We've got Casbolt, Kerno, MacKay, Silvani, McGovern, Gibbons in there. Like I've just sort of rounded it out. Uh, is that group going to be enough? Casbolt, he's getting on his. I don't know how much more he's got left. McGovern, don't even worry about him. Kerno can't even get on the park. Big, big Harry. Well. He's looking like he's getting his mitts on it but is he going to be if he is the number one he's going to get the number one defender which makes it difficult silvani so just seems to i don't know i might have to get your your thoughts on him and once again gibbons he's a smaller type of guy so don't expect much from him to kick bags every week and then obviously if you throw in pets he's on as i would say the wrong side of 30. is there enough firepower there from your i mean, perspective? The game t- Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the game, on paper, it looks grim. And it even looks grim for a Carlton supporter. Um, (laughs) Honestly, you're right. You're dead right if you look at it just on paper. But the way we play, we're not very traditional we are very versatile with the way we use our players. They all, A lot of them have to play in two positions now. So that's why you see Fisher, Jack Marden, um, Gibbons play off a half forward flank with moments in the midfield. And, and, and we're going to need guys like Walsh and Cripps to chip in um, with goals. We're going to need a, an even spread. I think that's the key there. Uh, Harry, you're right. If he's the number one player, um, he needs to be pushing for what, two goals a game, that type of forward, your, your key forward. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really going to be dependent on how well the game plan and the game style is because we like to play the Richmond game where, you know, keep it in the forward half, pressure, turnover,
0: score off turnover. And we're not really traditional with that. Yeah, the the game's Richmond played. play the chaos ball, deliberate chaos mm. ball. Um, mm. I don't think Carlton and many teams know how to play the chaos ball. They they call it the chaos ball. I just think it's lack of skill, especially from <laughs> from some yeah. other teams. Is it's chaos because we have got no idea. They they love the fact that they don't know where the ball's going to come. We don't actually know where the ball's going to go. Sometimes Correct. it's like <laughs> close the eyes, ball going into the Ford fifty. Tell me when it's out or through the sticks, please, because it's just it's just. Horrible to watch. Um, so where's the concerns? Where, where do your concerns like? Because, yeah, optimism is brilliant, but you've, we've got to yeah. get on the Mark Neal reality bus and yep. realize there are going to be some concerns. What are yours for the season? My concerns for the season are in the forward line.
1: Mitch, I don't know where he's at. Levi, I don't know if we can rely on him. Harry... He's in year six. We expect him to be good, but I still think he's got some maturity to come and he's going to have his slip ups. And I just don't think there is a cohesion between mids and forwards yet. We haven't, we haven't clicked with that just yet. And the good teams really have it. They can lower the eyes and, and know where their forwards are going to be. And we get sucked into playing the, you know, we call it the Carlton hospital kick where we just bomb it in long and hope for the best. And if we lock it in, great. And and that's the worry. There it is right there. And the other thing I think is is not really a concern, but something I'm just always really mindful of is the coaching group, more so the assistant coaches that we have. Um, Are we developing our young players? Well, because I have question marks over the development of our young boys compared to other clubs. Uh, You look at Sydney, for example, their young boys seem to come in and, And they just, once they play AFL football, they're ready. Whereas ours, it seems like most of them need more time. So some concerns for sure, if I'm being real.
0: Oh, mate, I I agree. Sydney is just, I don't know what, there's got to be something up in the water. Because how can they have two guys that just come straight out of the draft, absolutely dominate like they did against Brisbane on the weekend. Like They're they're very much a a no-name club. You look at them and you just, you look at the list and go, eh, and then they just come out and seem to do it every – I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's – it's got to be culture. It's just got to be – it's got to be – it's it, it's it's the marbo. It's the Serenity. It's everything that just makes it work up there. And, you know, if you could bottle some of it, I'm, I'm, I'm with you wholeheartedly. They just seem to do it. And you just you just want to know what the secret sauce is because – Yeah. You know, you've you got all these great players on your list. You know, you've got to be great to, to be drafted. It's as simple as that. You must be able to play the game, but they're able to just slot them in so easy – the, none of them ever look um under body size they don't look out of place it's like they've they've played many seasons but they're right it it's it's there are clubs that just struggle to get those you know we'll draft we'll draft seven you know draft ten kids we might get five to play they'll get seven to eight and they're That's always me. better and they yeah. do it quicker you've got to respect them you really do there is a lot of respect. Somebody else I have a bit of respect for too is David Teague as well too because he had to take the he had to take the role over good old Boltz and and I think you know I, I reckon Boltz got a bit of a you know you got a how would I say a bad uh, bad run not a bad run a bad um trying to find the word bad rap for his time McCarlton. Mm-hmm. because you have a look at some of the players that he brought in during his time it's un, it's just unfortunate he wasn't able to see them develop but some of the ones that he's brought in are, are really going to start to you you know, Teague is going to get the the luxury of those as well too. How, how do you see him from a, from a coaching perspective? Do you reckon you've got the right man in charge?
1: Yeah, so I watched the Making Their Mark documentary, um, and I came away from it saying couple of things and learning a couple of things but the main one was really about david teague and i'm very big on body language and 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 language spoken and, and and communication and just seeing how he addresses the group and interacts with players and comparing him to someone like a leon cameron or an adam simpson or damian hardwick that i did get to see in that doco gave me reassurance he's a he's a players coach he sees the game very well he's he's got a proven attacking game style which he obviously implemented at adelaide and um, he's trying to bring it to us. And yeah, I really do have faith in, in TD. I think we've got the right man. I really do.
0: He seems the type of guy that will throw the arm around when it's needed. Yeah. But you know, when, when I say something and it's direct, you're going to take it straight in as well too. It's, yeah. he, and he loves the game of football and he, he truly loves his players. I, I watched the documentary as well too. And it's, it's the stuff that you don't see behind the scenes that makes you appreciate how much that they go through. You know, they think they stand up and do a press conference. That's the real person. You actually get to see mm. what the real the real people are. And, um, yeah, he opened my eyes a lot as well. Um, actually, all, all all four coaches handle themselves completely differently. But yeah. It, it seems to work for them as well too. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a challenge though because champion data, <laughs> champion data, what a, what an oxymoron that one is, fifth hardest draw that you guys have for the year. Okay. But these days, draws are just—that's—that's that's what it says. At the you know, comparing the previous year, as we saw on the weekend. I don't know if you've done your footy tips for the weekend, but I went. I bought after the first three games, I'm like, "Here we go. This is going to be shooing," and everything completely changes. It's, it's, it's a prediction, but it's not always accurate.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting on one tip for the weekend. So
0: <laughs> picked Fremantle, yeah. didn't you? I did. <laughs> yeah, smart man. Don't don't pick Melbourne ever. And, and you'll be right. Um, who's going to be the breakout? Who's the one that, like I said, who's the breakout for the year for Carlton supporters out there listening to this going, I'll tell you what, Terry, all right, Give me something to hang my hat on. Like, I know there's a lot of excitement, but who's the one that you sit back, like I said, gets you a little bit excited when he's just near, just, just, just on the field. You know, he's picked. Here we go.
1: Yeah, I said his name before and uh, I, I'll say it again. He's Zach Fisher. He's, he's the one. He's the one that's going to go to that next level. Um, yeah, I'm very, very, very bullish on what he can do. And I think he's got that belief within himself. Um, and to top it off with what you said earlier in the, in the show, where it's like, who's the most exciting? He's exciting and he's also going to have this breakout year for me anyway, because I'm, I'm just seeing the, the way he carries himself and seeing the way he plays off the ball and he's doing all the little things and he's saying all the right things. And as long as he stays fit, he's put on a bit of size as well. So the body's ready. Um, I thought Jack Silvani was a shot as well, but he's obviously hurt himself. So we won't see him for a
0: chunk of the year. Jack Martin. Hey, where do you see yeah. him fitting in? Like he, you know, the reps were he was the best player that some people had ever seen in his junior time on mm. the Gold Coast come down to Carlton once again, probably a year before, on, on the big on the big coin as well too. How, how have you sort of seen him so far, you know, 2020? And, and obviously the first game, I, I didn't play in the weekend, did he? You didn't play on Friday no. night, did he? After, no, no, I didn't nah. play. So how, did you, how have you sort of seen him fly in? Because, you know, a lot of pressure on the guy, let's be honest. Yeah, the, the, I mean, there is a lot of pressure, um, but there's a lot of pressure on everyone at the club. Oh, uh, geez, I, I love You're you a diplomat. You're a good diplomat. You're not a politician, are you? I don't know. No, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare. That was that was the best answer. Just a nice deflect. Just like <laughs> no, it's, yeah, there is pressure on everybody, but when you're the when you're the guy per se, yeah. I think he handled himself all right last year.
1: I was I loved him because he brought what we needed: talent, skill, but more importantly, physicality and toughness. And yeah. that's something I. Really, we all thought we needed as as fans as well. While these bodies start growing, we need guys that can crack in. So I love what he brought. It was a shame that he um, got hurt a little bit towards the end. The calf was playing up, and it's also a shame that he hurt his calf before round one and was a an out. It was an omission basically on the Wednesday. He heard it at the last last training session. So um, yeah, I, I think he proved himself last year, and I'm, I wouldn't say he could break out and become the best player in the league. And, 2021. I mean, he might, but I, I, I don't really expect that from him. I don't think we as fans do. Um, we expect him to be one of our better players, um, but he, he plays a that half forward mid role. So yeah. he's one that for us has to be kicking. You know. Fifteen to twenty goals in that bracket somewhere. He's got to be. He's got to be providing. Oh, look! For I us think there. he's got
0: the capability to kick more, especially with the twenty-two round season. Like that's that's one a game. He's capable mm-hmm. of kicking. You know, I won't say bags of two, but they're, they're, he mm-hmm. can have you two. He's he can get his twos and threes because he has got the capability, and he's done it before. Yeah, um, little zip blocks. <laughs> yeah, just 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 <laughs> little zip. Lock. <laughs> a little Ziploc. So I, I get frustrated when they go. Oh, he's kicked a bag and it's four. Oh, he's it's kicked a bag. bag. A bag's got to be six. We spoke Absolutely. about this before. A bag is a six. That's a bag. Yes. Anything less yes. than six is not a bag. It's not a bag. Absolutely. Right.
1: It's got to be a. Pl- it's got to fill up in a plastic bag for it to be a. It's uh, got a bag. to be
0: more than a handful. Because more yeah. than a handful, you need a bag to carry it, Correct. and that's six. Correct. Geez, that- you're a top Like, Hey, listen. <laughs> Who now we've talking about Zach um if Zach Fish is going to be your breakout, who's gonna be the breakdown? Now who's gonna be in their last season? Probably not gonna be there next year. Now we could go the obvious one with probably Eddie Betts. So I'm not letting you getting away with that one too too simply. Who else do you think might be on their their last legs? I'm not sure if
1: you're aware, but I am the biggest Mark Murphy fan in the world, and I will challenge anyone on that. Um, I love Murph. Uh, however, I worry that the pace of the game is too much for him and it may be his last year this year. It may be, there's one that's not the obvious. Um, uh, yeah, there's a bit of pressure on him to, to stay in the side. I think, I mean, Matt Kennedy is one who's out of contract this year. So pressure on him, it's going to go one way or another this year, depending on how he plays. So yeah, there's a couple who I have my eye on who I'm starting to think, okay, well, How's it going to go,
0: Murph? I will look at Murph and I look at Nathan Jones. They're another one of those, a couple of those players who have just been in the the, the wrong team at the wrong time, but have just done everything they possibly can. They're a bee's dick to 300 games. Murph's on 286. I think Jones only needs another five, I think, to get to it as well, too. So you just want them to get to 300. Um, and then you can say, yeah, like he he's done everything he possibly can for that club. He's, yep. he's led them when he needed to. He's pushing 34 this year. It's, it's very similar to to Jones, I must say. So that they're almost identical in how long they've been around for, how long they've played, and they're just be they're those players that once again, it, every club needs just those grinded out life of the party. You know, they might not be that they might be the best going around, but geez, they will give you their best yeah. each and every single week. And he's, an, he's another one who's copped it from supporters and the media f- for years. And a lot of it, I don't think, has been you know, worth it. Hasn't been, it's, it's a cheap shot. It's fish shooting fish in a barrel type of stuff.
1: Yeah. 19 surgeries for Mark Murphy over his career. Uh, the body's just had a rough, rough and rugged run at it. Um, you know, he's been criticized for being too soft, but he's really hurt himself trying to be – um, you know, a real physical inside midfielder, which is what you, you want your captain to be. And obviously when he was captain, he was asked to do such things. And he he just doesn't have the body type to crash in, like what a danger field does and, and come out, you know, on top all of the time. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his. I thought 2011 when he was the um, – he won the Coach's Award and he had a breakout year, I thought he was just going to be one of the best players in the league for many, many years. And unfortunately, after that Dangerfield hit – he really wasn't the same and he had yep. to adjust the game style and yeah, but I love him. He's, he's, he's like you said, he's, he's a clubman, Nathan Jones. He's a, he's a Melbourne man. So
0: you every need him around got the one club. Like, Every club yeah. has got one, which is good. Yep. All right. This is where we get to the pointy end of the season. Pointy mm. end of the, uh, the preview, Terry, I need you to put a prediction on where a Carlton going to finish on the ladder, season 2021, before finals, okay, we are got to talk, you know, it's either top eight or, or bust to mm. a degree. Where, honestly, can you see them rolling through for a position at the end of 2021?
1: So I'm looking at 12 wins, 12 wins this 12 season. Wins. All right. So, so have you, have you done
0: your puts, tracker, have you? Oh, yeah. I, yeah.
1: I have. I don't have it in front of me, but I think right. 12 wins gets us into
0: eighth, maybe seventh. I'll tell you. So if, I don't worry about last year. So, if I go yep. by 2019, 2019 uh, got you yeah, 12 wins, but you'll need a uh, you'll need a percentage over about 100 and 105. So, you still need to be 105. Kicking. Yeah, because it was 95 and 107. So, I'm going halfway between two. All right. So, you're probably going to need about 100, between 100 and 105 for percent. If you go to 2018, same sort of thing. Uh, it was 13 wins. 2017, wow. it was 12 wins. So I reckon if you do get that 12 wins, you're putting yourself in contention. Win half, win win half your games or more than half your games, you're, you're putting yourself in contention, and then it relies about. And so it's going to be a lot of those 50 50 games. You know, if you have a look at the teams in the bottom, the bottom 10, they're the ones that you've got to win. Top ones, so be it. But yeah, it's those bottom ones against you know my mob, Hawks, Collingwood, Frio, Gold mm-hmm. Coast. Essendon, they're the ones you have to pinch twice to to mm-hmm. allow for the other ones. So I totally get that. 100%. All right, let's. Talk, I always say this to every guest: it's time to put the agates on the chopping board because we're going to take off the Carlton hat and just put on the overall supporters hat. Who is going to take out the twenty twenty one premiership? If not Carlton, because you'll probably do a do a Western Bulldogs from eighth or from seventh, and then go straight through the grand final and win it. But if that doesn't happen, who can you see uh, taking out the big prize this year?
1: I mean, I can see Richmond, but they're the obvious answer and I won't give them as an answer. So, because uh, if they make it on grand final day, then I'll probably, you know, it's hard to back against them. But yep. I think it's going to be Port Adelaide this year.
0: That has been the overwhelmingly positive uh, choice. I reckon it would have come up at least half of the way. look. They've just, they've, mind you, they played Adelaide in a couple of practice matches and destroyed them both times. And then they've come out this week and pretty much took the foot off the the pedal at three quarter time against North. So they just look dangerous. They've got, they've got the hyphen. They've got their own hyphen or two times down there, Alir, Alir. And then they've also got Radio, who's just slotted in nicely. And he's, he's kicked his four on the weekend too. So I think you're right. They've, they've, they've got better, but they've got younger where Geelong, Mm -hmm. if you pick them, got older. So if the way that the game is being played, gets towards the end of the year. I think that they've, I think they've loaded up the wrong way, but um, a very, very popular choice. Brownlow medalist. If you had to pick someone as a Brownlow medalist, you can't pick Matt Rowell because it looks like he may have done his knee. So I'm just giving you a heads up. Don't, don't make that mistake because yeah, it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Unfortunately, at the time of this recording, who, who have you got your eyes on? Uh, I think
1: Bontempelli. Yep. Uh, That's who I've picked for the year. Um, if Fife's healthy, you, you gotta always look at Fife. But if I had to pick one, it's it's Bond for me. I think he's
0: just in that perfect sweet spot. He's chock he's chock he's Choco ripe, isn't he? He's eighth season. Yeah. let say they said he's his eighth season. Hmm. Uh Fife won it in his seventh. Ablet won his first in his seventh. Uh Yeah, he's in that sweet spot, and he's got a team that makes him stand out even more. And if he the scoreboard a few more times, (laughs) exactly right. All right, here we go. Quick hands for you, my friends. Get ready for this. These are the ones that you don't know about. Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. If you could pick one or the other, who would it be, Cuda or Kernahan? Cooter. Nice. All right. Who's had a bigger influence on the club playing-wise? Cripps or Judd? Judd. Okay. Who was the better small forward? Eddie Betts or Stephen Milne? Stephen Milne. All right. Now, you had Saad, you had Williams, and you had Martin. Who is the next big recruit that's going to be coming to Carlton? Oh, gosh. Zach Merritt. Mm, interesting and the one that i like to finish off with with is, and it's just perfect right now for you guys if you could pick anybody from any other team right now and slot them straight into the carlton lineup who would it be right
1: here right now it would be jeremy cameron
0: magnificent now terry you have been an absolute star and we know that People listening to this going, gee, I'll tell you what, that Peps guy's all right, but Terry, he's sensational. Blue Abroad, I want, to get on, I want to get on the Blue Abroad bandwagon. How do they listen to you? Where do they find you? Give us, this is your time to shine and tell everybody where they can find you on a regular basis for season 2021 and moving forward.
1: Well, YouTube is the starting point. We're a, we're a fan channel. So just blue, youtube.com forward slash blue abroad. That's where you start. Um, or you hit the website, blueabroad.com.au. We've got um, the written side of things on that side. So if you enjoy reading articles, we've got that for you. If you enjoy watching videos instead, we've got that for you. Really, it's Blue Abroad on every platform, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, Tinder. And then if you, yeah, well, <laughs> had to delete the app. It's footy season. I've got no time. Oh, geez, i tell you. Yeah,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to have all of those, all those, uh, links on the show notes as well, too. So look, Terry, I can't thank you enough. This, um, whole journey of getting across to every single club where we possibly can and, and speaking to, to, to podcasters and, and content creators like us has been nothing short of sensational. And I think that your club, Carlton, are, are setting themselves up, may not be 2021, but for, for some success that you guys have been. Dreaming about for for a very long time, and I tell you what, when when Carlton when Carlton's winning, Lygon Streets are pumping and the burnouts are going down um, that beautiful street in Carlton, and I can't issue nothing but the best because, uh, like we said before, a winning Carlton is a happy Carlton, and it's a, it's better for the league all round, even even though we sometimes can't stand just. But, we, we just love footy and, and we love everything about you. So, listeners, there you go. That is Blue Abroad. That is Lace Out. That is your Carlton 2021 season preview. Have a fantastic year, Carlton supporters. You're going to be looking for something special this year. I think you're uh, you're definitely on the right trajectory. So, all the best and um, catch up soon. Oh baggers. right, <laughs> baby. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ace out.